Hello, woodworms. I'm Ray Defterius, and this is the Handtool Book Review, the podcast for people who love woodwork and love reading about woodworking too. So today's episode is the second part of my review on the Joiner and Cabinet Maker, published by Lost Art Press. But before we get into the book, I'd like to thank Brett from Crow Hollow Woodworks for becoming a patron. I really appreciate the support. And a second new patron was Camille, who heard about the show on Wood Talk and is working through the earlier issues of Hand Tool Book Review. Thanks to both of you. I had some encouraging emails from Dave Bareford and Peter Marshall with um, some great messages and some tips. I've also received a lot of nice messages on Instagram. Thanks to all of you that reach out or take the time to give me some feedback. It helps me a lot in terms of understanding what you guys would like to see in the show going forward. As I mentioned in the last episode, The Joiner and Cabinet Maker is published by Lost Art Press, and there are two editions of the book that were printed. One is a copy of the text alone, printed as a special edition small format, while the other has significantly expanded with additional material and construction notes. This episode was supposed to focus on a practical discussion of what I experienced while making the packing box, and my evaluation of how helpful this chapter by Chris is for the purpose. However, I think I've mentioned before how cool the folks are at Lost Art Press. I emailed them and asked them whether I could make a small extract of the book available so that listeners who were curious could experience this section of the book for themselves. I was blown away by the response. Have I mentioned how cool I think they are? Well, Chris wrote back to me and extracted the entire packing box project as a free download for the listeners. To put this in perspective, this is 32 pages of a 370-page book. But if we're considering that the construction notes for the projects are about 90 pages of the book, this is a really significant chunk of the text. Basically, you're getting one-third of the projects and one-third of the construction notes as a free download. In the chapter, you'll find all kinds of things. For the modern woodworker, there's a cutting list and construction diagrams with all the measurements and dimensions you'll need. Chris had also previously made a SketchUp file available for the project. So if you like working in SketchUp, this is a great supplementary resource, and I've made it available in the show notes as well. They did a great job with separate views, something I don't really bother to do in my own projects. So remember to click on the views at the top of the page and look at the different views. The new tool that Thomas acquires for this project is the traditional folding rule, and Chris goes into details about which models are worth looking at on eBay or in antique shops, and what you should look out for. It also has instructions on how to go about using the tool properly. After this, we have a step-by-step instructional with pictures that take you through the project. We'll cover things like layout and sawing, spend a bit of time with the planes that Thomas's use, we'll do some marking with panel gauges, and true up the edges properly. And I might add that this is done without a shooting board, so that we can get everything ready for the final assembly. There are some valuable lessons here, but it also highlights to me what can be done with a pretty limited toolkit. Remember, in many cases a journeyman was expected to carry all the tools on his back and walk from village to village. These are certainly not well-stocked toolkits and lavish shops. One of the techniques or hardware items that is important to this project is the use of clenched nails. There is plenty of coverage of the topic, and I'd suggest that by the end of the project, you'll be way more comfortable nailing stock together in the future. Just take your time, and if in doubt, test on a piece of scrap. What starts intimidating is going to feel old hat by the end of this project. By the time you finish the project, I think you're going to have an heirloom quality box, which is kind of a bit weird. I made mine the same dimensions as my molding planes, so now I have a fantastic airtight container to keep them safe from rust. 
I'd suggest that you think of a few uses of yours before settling on final dimensions, if you're not going to follow the dimensions in the book. You might want to plan A, basically what you're going to use the packing box for if you're really happy with it, and a plan B, what you're going to do with it if it just comes out okay. I'd suggest that something you want to look after in the shop is a good idea, but don't be surprised if it gets confiscated by your spouse. The other two projects follow a similar format to the first, but I'll just give a quick highlight of some of the techniques and tools that are covered in this, as I think this will give you an idea of the way the book approaches instruction. Rest assured that if you need a plow plane, there's going to be a section on how to use a plow plane. At no point in this book did I feel like I was just being left to my own devices. The book doesn't claim to be a beginner instructional encyclopedia, so you're not getting instruction on everything, but you are getting instruction on everything you need to know to finish the three projects, and I'd suggest that that's a pretty good education for most of us. So let's go through the list of the topics that are covered. We'll talk about gluing up panels and hard glue, truing edges and flattening panels with planes, dressing panels to identical thickness, squaring your panels by hand, or squaring your panels using a shooting board. Dovetails, in the particular context of making solid casework are covered, and it's a comprehensive section, with all the little tips and tricks that you need to know for transferring lines, etc. I guess in a way that dovetails could be a book in its own right. It's certainly a topic that has a lot of mystique about it. But I'd suggest that the coverage in the book is a good start to your dovetail journey, and will give you a decent, no-nonsense approach to making this joint. We talk about trimming pins and smoothing faces after assembly, adding chamfered mouldings to a project, hand-cutting dados, fitting locks and hinges, and bending your hinges to shape, something I've never thought of doing before. Basically, all the tips and tricks you need to fit the hardware for the projects. Book matching is covered, processing large panels, rabbits, then there's another section on dovetails, but cutting tails first this time, using a coping saw to cut out the dovetail waste instead of chisels, discussions about a dovetail chisel, and if you don't have the money, how you can go about making your own. Half-blind dovetails for drawers and building drawers. How to finish drawers. How to assemble the casework. The frame and panel back construction. Plow plane. Doing a mortise and tenon joint. How to deal with knots in stock. Adding some curved feet to your chest of drawers. And we finish up with some tips for finishing up the project itself. I think by now you've got a pretty good idea of the kind of coverage we got in the book. I believe that a beginner could follow the projects in a step-by-step -step manner and complete all the projects. Yes, you'd probably need to work on your skills and execution, but I don't believe you'd lack in knowledge in terms of what is needed to be done. Apart from the construction notes, the book is rounded off with some other interesting chapters. They're not critical to the story, but if you're interested in the times, they are a good read. England in 1839, as the title would suggest, gives you some context of the class system and what it was like to live in Thomas's time. The chapter called On the Trade has an interesting parallel about learning a craft from Chris, but like the footnotes in other parts of the book, it also includes interesting segues. In this case, the origin of the penny nailing system, and some helpful tips on how to decide what size nail you need for the project at hand. The penny to stock thickness trick is one that I'm sure you'll return to time and time again. Contextualizing the joiner and cabinet maker is a chapter that goes into how the book itself would have been bound and published, and it partly explains the lack of commercial success of the book. I guess that today, with high literacy rates and access to paperbacks, it's hard to imagine a time where books were prized possessions and only affordable by the middle class or wealthy, or after saving for a really long period of time. 
The real gem at the back of the book for woodworms is the bibliography. This goes through the sources the book's used, and although I'd, I'd caution you in a way, this is not a traditional reading list. Don't just grab anything on the list and expect it to be engaging. I'm going to put a PSA out at some point on at least one of these books. I picked up a copy of The Memoirs of a Victorian Cabinet Maker by James Hopkinson at a second-hand bookstore, and I bought it because the title seemed to suggest it would be an engaging story. Unfortunately, I think that all the gems that could be mined from this book have been extracted and added to footnotes in the Joiner and Cabinet Maker. So be cautious while looking for other books to read in this genre. If you want my view on similar books that you'd enjoy, I'd include the following as my top three. The Artisan of Ipswich by Robert Terrell, Hands Employed Aright by Joshua Klein, and The Village Carpenter by Walter Rose. And with that, we've finished the book. So in conclusion, The Joiner and Cabinet Maker is published by Lost Art Press, and I'd really urge you to buy this through their website and support them directly. It costs $18 for a digital version and $36 for a hardbound book as at April 2020. The book is 370 pages long and it's one of my favourite historical accounts. I'd rate it on par with The Village Carpenter and I'm giving it an 8 out of 10 in the category Historical Books. The bonus is that with three interesting projects included, there's a practical project that is suitable for you regardless of your skill level. You can tackle these in order when you feel ready for them. So that's it for now, Woodworms. Remember to go build that packing box and keep reading. As usual, if you want to drop me a note, you can find me at handtoolbookreview at gmail.com and I always enjoy reading your suggestions and contributions. I'm also on Patreon if you'd like to support the show. 